This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast. This is a three times weekly audio show looking into the exciting happenings of Ipswich Town Football Club available on video and podcast. My name is Benjamin Bloom. I'll be here each and every Monday for this, the flagship show with ITFC aficionados today. Ipswich, Joe Fairs for a sometimes irreverent but always informative hour of football conversation. So make your Monday a blue Monday. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome from the wonderfully popular preview. I was going to go, Rich, your Andy Much to Harry's Steve Bull. Are you, is that an insult? Whoosh. I mean, that's a reference I don't even get, Ben. So, Welcome, Rich. How are you doing? I'm very good. How are you, Ben? Yeah, I'm okay. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll talk Long about why we're, all, why we're all a little bit um, on edge yeah. in just a second. Joe Fez, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Cheers. He's brought out the... FA Cup Seven, winners. Yeah, the 78 one. 1978 one. So, look, let's not... Um, the vast, beat-sized elephant in the room. Let's not ignore it. So, this is quite a difficult one for us to pitch because we want our podcast to be fun and uh, not depressing. But Kevin Beattie has died today at the age of 64, um, widely regarded as Ipswich Town's greatest ever player by anyone who saw him um now the decision that we've made is that myself rich and joe have agreed that beings we have david diamond on our podcast team it would be a little bit ridiculous for us to talk about him because dave is pretty unmatched in that area so we are gonna do a tribute show so this week in itfc history which we should record tomorrow i think is going to be a Kevin Beatty special, and we thought it was right that Dave um, did that, um, being as he's done his profiles and things before that have been so well-received. So, obviously, horrible news, a real titan of the club. Just quickly, Joe, a, a, a quick little bit on Kevin Beatty from your perspective. 
Well, I obviously too young to have seen him play, but everyone who I have spoken to has seen him play. Just the the sort of names he gets mentioned alongside from sort of from Bobby Robson with like Gaza, Ronaldo, Duncan Edwards, sort of real true greats of the game. And just a shame that injury robbed him of what could have been an all time great career. But just, like I say, a shame I, I could never see him play. I've, I've met him a number of times. He's always a guy that had time for every fan. He was while he wasn't from Ipswich, he was a true Ipswich boy by the end, and it's a big loss to the club and the community. Richard? Yeah, I, I, I echo that again. I um, didn't manage to see him play, but you know the, the fact that the greats of the game on Twitter this evening are, are retweeting the club's kind of condolence message is a, is a symbol of that. I've, I went digging through footage for, um, for the video that we put out just before, um, and um, there's some great Barry Davis commentary where he goes, look at the power, look at the power, and listed Dave's Dave's profile as well, and that's the that's the player, isn't it? You know, pace, power, heading ability, had it all, did he? And and unfortunately, he didn't. You know, isn't renowned, kind of world renowned, like maybe he should be. And if you want to smile in your sadness, because this never fails to make me smile, just play his goal against West Brom and tell me that that's not funny when he when he just goes through and smashes it. The one I always Dave gets fed up of me talking about is the goal against Scotland for England, where Keegan has it on the right wing. And the chances of a goal are about 0.01%. He loops it into the box. Beatty's playing left back, runs in, brutalises the defender. He's about 10 yards out and he heads it right into the top corner. And it's just uh, just absolute force of nature. Again, I never saw him play. so. But um, looking into Dave's eyes and hearing his voice when he, when he talks about him, um, obviously very special and... Um, a big part of a lot of our listeners sort of childhoods and fandom of football has, has died today. So very, very sad news. Please get your tweets in. We've put a tweet out, um, but Statman has also done so. So if you have any memories or any tributes you want to pay to Kevin Beatty, who died today, aged 64, um, send them through. Okay, and here comes the hardest transition in podcast history, again, as respectfully as we can. Um, The Beat love to talk about Ipswich, so the show must go on, and we're going to move on and try not to make it too clunky and just say please tune in to, um, I'm sure Dave and Statman will have something really special tomorrow. Joe, um, news comes out this week that Cole Skews was out cold for 90 seconds um, in the Norwich game, neck brace and all. I'm coming to you because you're an NFL fan. Um, just talk to me, uh, just talk to me, just a little bit about concussions and where you can see this going because you shouldn't go to work and be knocked out for 90 seconds. Well, if it, if it's going to follow the lead of the sort of NFL, which I imagine it will at some point. They have a neutral doctor there who comes in and the player has to prove to the neutral doctor that he can, that he is not concussed effectively. Because if you are concussed, you have to come straight. <laughs> Tell me all. You hear, yeah, you, you hear all these stories about Brian Clough where they sort of said he can't remember who he is. It's like, well, tell him, tell him he's Pele and tell him to get on with it. And, <laughs> and while, they're, while they're funny anecdotes, sort of, there's sort of a seriousness which probably someone like Jeff Astle's family would tell you about now where they're looking into it and sort of find out that it was, he basically had CTE, which is the concussion sort of issue that the American football players are having. And I imagine that at some point in the future, you're going to have to prove to a neutral doctor and you're going to be allowed to have a effectively a free sub come on, not a, not a use sub, just an injury, an injury replacement, which isn't going to be a tactical or, or go against 
your squad. Would would be imagined that's where it will go. Head, heading going to be banned ever? I, I, I wouldn't surprise you if it's banned in youth football. I think it already is in America. They ban heading in youth football and whether players will begin to wear helmets like sort of not helmets but like Peter Check did the Peter almost Czech, yeah. scrum caps almost where like I say it's almost going to be I don't know junior junior football will be the first to see it go and I imagine it will and we'll, we'll see from there Richard, it was a really good um, on that. Uh, yeah just sorry it was really good it was a, it was a BBC documentary I think last year with Shearer did mm. I think he met Jeff Astle's family didn't he and, and I don't think he, he would be particularly surprised if, if football's could have outlawed or there's some kind of protection equipment needed for heading quite soon i mean the scoose incident was a bit was a bit i know when no one saw it in the north stand that i was with it just sort of came out of the blue so but yeah i i mean just sensible to get out of there really and and yeah get out of the melee hmm. well we've delayed long enough should we go to hull <laughs> let's <laughs> how long were we all in the car for combined yesterday that's this is the benefit of living halfway up the country is at least oh. and I, I don't know about i guess joe you had the a14 like the coaches had to deal with as well so no i actually went up through the fens so it took me about four hours via sort of king's lynn through the middle of through the middle of lincoln to relive our fa cup defeat and <laughs> up there you should have jumped on a boat that's probably easier yeah no, i think all, all in all in the car was probably about eight and a half hours yesterday not that. good not good at all yeah um so off we go to hull where we never win, and we didn't win. So let me give you the whole lineup, and then you can pick the bones, in the words of Terry Butcher, out of the Ipswich lineup. So, um, Rich, you guys pretty much nailed this, as you always do. I'm going to stop going to the games soon. I'll listen to the preview show, and I'll write 1 0, 2 0 defeat. Yeah. yeah, there we go. Um, Marshalling goal, uh, back four, you just speculate, might be a back three. So Burke moved over to right back, Elphick came in, Devis. Who, who was better than you said he was going to be? I have to say that. Uh, Kingsley left back. Henriksen and Batty sitting in midfield. Bowen right. Evandro centre. Kane off to the left. Um, Fraser Campbell up front. Right, let me le- let me read you this Ipswich team. And you imagine you don't have hindsight. Um, tell me what you thought of this lineup. So, Gherkin in goal, as we were told on Thursday. Spence keeps his place from Norwich. Pennington keeps his place from Norwich. Chambers, uh, Knudsen. Flynn Downs comes in next to Cole Skew. So John Nolan was sat there against Norwich. Nolan moves back towards the 10 position. Edwards, thank God for Edwards, right. Uh, Jordan Graham keeps his place after Norwich. I'll buy Gherkin and Spence. but And John Walters, we said, will he end up in the 9 position? He did. Richard, what did you make of that lineup when you saw it? Um I'm still disappointed that Donassian seems to be the loney that's uh, sacrificed. Um, I, and I, I, we were in a bit of speculation beforehand about that in terms of, uh, I think Joe, you might have posted about this on TWTD the other, other day, that if Donassian's not playing, that must suggest there's something issue with the work permit. That's the only thing I can suggest. But I'd rather Donassian there. He started the season, got better and better. Um, Downs coming in, um, I am not wasn't surprised by. I was quite pleased with because I thought he did well in the second half against Norwich. Graham, though, I quite like Aiden at left wing. So, But the rest of it, I'm not sure there was much to gripe about. Joe, is this Hurst being loyal? Because Gherkin did well against Norwich and Spence did well against Norwich. Is he just, oh, you played OK? And Pennington as well. Is it is, is that the reason for the selection? <sighs> Um, I presume so, but I'm, I'm not sure he knows what what he's doing at the moment with regards to selection. It seems sort of very up and down and back and forth, and he hasn't really seemed to settle on anything. Personally, I'd, I'd played Bart 
every time I had a gherkin. I know we knew gherkin was going to be starting, so it wasn't a surprise. I assumed Spence would because he'd done all right against Norwich, but I'd have put Danashian back in there. Downs, I, I was pleased to see him start because I think I think he did well, but I don't really see what Eden has done wrong to, to have dropped out the, the side since Sheffield Wednesday. And even I thought Shalaba did well against Norwich in the second half. And it seems that Danashian, Eden and Chalaba have been three of our sort of better players at times, but yet is the, these is, three seem to have been dropped. A, I, I don't understand that. Possibly, Rich, a seven-day plan, though. Three games that you might only see um, Edwards, Walters, Nudson and Chambers and Gherkin start all of those games. Any, anything in that? Perhaps. I guess if... Yeah. I mean, so what are the changes going to be for Brentford? Is this going to be kind of back to the, the days of the previous manager where we kind of write off fixtures and chuck in the reserves again you know on Tuesday you guess Brentford a game that we're not not favours for then maybe you yeah you you re-strengthen for the, the next game on Saturday it's Bolton but I don't know I just, yeah I agree with Joe this is it, it does feel like there's a little bit of inconsistency there and it's difficult it's someone on Twitter said it's like Paul Jewell all over again which I guess is quite an insult to be honest but but you can't you can't dismiss it can you no um what you can't dismiss either is that Ipswich were a goal down um, I have my pad. Let's show the world my pad. You have the lineup on one side, and the first thing I wrote down was a goal. Who wants? Who? Who do we say was having the first goal? Sorry. I think it's me. Yeah. Yeah. Away you go, Rich. Three minutes in, and Flynn Downs, as David Diamond would say, is about to drop a bollock. He, he is, and I was really careful not to swear when I was on the flagship show a few weeks ago. I might not be so lucky this time around. Um, <laughs> Did you did you manage to catch the Chambers post match by the way? Because yes, Chambers post match yeah. was really cryptic and quite tricky for him to navigate through. I stand of it by the sound of it, but he he called out whoever passed the ball to to Downs in the first place, which was Nudsom. And having watched it back, I'm not sure there's it's a particularly bad pass, but it goes wrong for Downs as soon as he turns backwards and goes towards goal. Um, I'm not sure there was anything forwards for him, but maybe if he hoofs it forward or gives it back to Nudsom, then he's he's unlikely to get his pocket picked. But nevertheless, he is. And Bowen's quick, and Fraser's off, and Downs is kind of slowing. Uh, is 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 slow to pick up on the run from, I guess Bowen is yeah, who's picked his pocket. I couldn't see Nudson. Nudson's gone missing as well. So this is like a catalogue of errors. Downs gets into the box. Campbell gets into the box, and Bowen's left and dinks it over Gherkin, who's out rushing. And I'm not sure you can put a huge amount of blame on Gherkin. And then Pennington's dashing back. And with perhaps his wrong foot is trying to clear it off the line and nothing happens and, and then it slides and we're one nil down and it's and nothing's bloody happened. It was a, a real you know, sucker punch in the start of the game. It hadn't even started. Joe? Yeah, I am um, after Chambers' comments I actually looked back at the footage on the Quest EFL show. And when, when you find it, Joe. Yeah, effectively Nudson <laughs> has um, Graham down the line. But he's sort of a, a little bit slow on the a little bit slow on the touch, so he doesn't go to Graham. He comes inside to Downs. Downs' ball should be to, to Graham again, who's totally unmarked. He turns inside, and as soon as you see him take that touch, Campbell is just in on him. And Downs, Nudson is caught 10 yards ahead of play, and we're just so open. And Downs loses Bowen as a runner as well. So, so I think Chambers is almost calling out Nudson for the ball inside, which had, had Nudson been a bit quicker and a bit more positive he may not play but down still had 
This is just Chambers protecting a, a young guy, though, isn't it? Yeah, I, yeah. I put some screenshots on my Twitter about an hour ago, just of it, so you can have a look to see how it looked. But Downs, there's no way you should be conceding a goal from the situation where Downs is receiving the ball. No, and there's th- there's three mistakes there, isn't there, from Downs, unfortunately. And you know he's he is culpable, but you know there's just I mean this was a this was a pattern. We'll come back to this. We're so slow to the ball. And, and any 50-50 was going against us yesterday as well. well. And that just set the scene, didn't it? Well, Rich, for over the next 10 minutes, every hull chance I'm going to describe either comes from a goal kick or from them pressing our midfield and us giving the ball away. Every single chance. It's not set plays in this game. It's no. press our team and take the ball off them. Which is exactly what I thought we were supposed to be good at, or Hurst's team is supposed to be good at. So... Yeah, and to have it done to us. I know we laugh at Nigel Atkins, but he was there in his top shop suit and his only instruction, he was just getting him to press the whole game. Did you see him? I was sat behind him. Literally, all, there was no point in or anything. It was literally get up, press, press, press on our midfield. And uh, perhaps tactically, when you've got those that line of three and then four, the other side of the ball, um, the amount of times they managed to get particularly bowed, not Kane so much, in that area between the line of our back midfield running on without even uh, what, what does Jurgen Klopp say he says a good press is better than the greatest playmaker in the world because it take you 10 passes to get into that position that they got into just by pressing anyway more of that later um 15 Edwards wins the corner uh Graham puts into the back post um we tried this against Norwich and Skews messed it up this was much better so Skews heads it back over and I think Nolan should have hit the target here. He he comes yep. in and kind of tries to over... Well, I think he over-engineers it and heads it wide. I thought um, it's a good chance. And we talked a lot about the set plays, everybody, after the playoff final. But that's one that's worked twice. So, uh, fair dues to Skews and Graham for that one. 17, <laughs> we nearly concede the exact same goal again. So, Chambers gets caught out this time. Campbell feeds Bowen. Now, you two would have had a much better view of this than me. Why? Why didn't he? Why didn't he pull the trigger there? Was he waiting for Chambers to touch him so he could go down for the pen? I, I don't. Th- I don't think he was waiting for Chambers. I just think he got caught in two minds and took that extra touch when he didn't need it. The, sh- the shot was definitely on, but I think he was expecting either Gherkin to come out or an- another player to be up there with him. But there was there was no one up there, and he just took a touch and ended up going nowhere. And I love Chambers, but um, he was a bit. A bit, what word do I use? A bit wayward yesterday, wasn't he? Um, moving on, uh, third phase from the corner. Burke gets the header on goal. Easy save for Gherkin. Um, Bowen near post corner here. Evandro glances it over in front of you guys. Um, two more corners to Hull on 32. They try the Tottenham old Teddy Sheringham one. And Elphick's shot is, uh, sorry, Devisa's shot is blocked. And Elphick heads over. And we get up to... 36. Ben, just quickly on the corners, Ben. I, we were talking about you know how we were frail at the back and set pieces were all right. I wouldn't say actually we we successfully defended a corner. They just didn't score from them. There was really? quite a lot of loose marking still, and there was still you know we could have conceded from those corners had they not been on target. So it wasn't as if we were better at you, more effective at getting rid of them. We were just fortunate that they were profligate. Yeah, that that Evandro header. He there was no one within three yards of him. Okay. <laughs> this is horrible. Um, yeah, Walters, it gets better. No, it doesn't get better. No, no sorry. Well, Walters... Um, <laughs> Spoiler alert. Walters wins a free yeah. kick Joe Garner style, you know, where, where you back in a Grant Holt style and fall over. And Jordan Graham kicks it straight out of play. And you're thinking, oh my God, how Shocked bad can about. this get? But 
literally now the only um the only bright spot of this entire game is from minute 38 to minute 45 plus stoppage time so um this is great play down the right uh, one touch stuff spence gets nolan in and um, finally gets in the 10 position between the lines he feeds walters who feeds graham um <sighs> There's a bit of a sense that Graham's never going to go on his left foot, so the defender stands him up. But he does. The defender is scared of him, and he is standing off. Maybe that's because he's in the box. Graham engineers it onto his right and curls it wide. Probably should have hit the target. Um, the next little passage coincides with Nudson getting up the pitch, and actually the team's being driven forward by the fullback, which I found strange and didn't um, didn't reflect well on Spence because Spence did not do that at all yesterday but I was impressed with Nudson in this passage and he gets forward it's recycled out to Graham cross goes in half cleared to Nolan left foot half volley middle of the goal smashes it over so two good chances there um hits it too hard doesn't he that he just tries to hit hit the skin off it yeah um Stewart comes in for Batty I don't know what happened to to Batty but Stewart comes in do we get to the bottom of whether he's a relation of David or not? That was an issue on the previous show. And I had Wikipedia up on the whilst we were recording. Didn't find it. Was asking people at the ground. Did anyone know? We seem not. <laughs> I think I th- from what I hear on other football podcasts, David Batty is off the grid. He doesn't deal with <laughs> banks. He only deals Does with... Does that ever cash. since that Quintley day when he score? Like, hasn't lived it down. I heard, um, I heard about that penalty as well. That um, he, he, he didn't really care. He's like, um, yeah, yeah. Whatever, whatever. I've missed it now. Um, great play from Graham on 43. Um, he picks it up on the right, drifts across. The whole world's shouting, give it to Edwards. But he keeps going and he puts in a really um, nice crossing, which actually frees Edwards up. The ball rolls out. Edwards sprints in. It's a really good block from the defender there. That was goal bound. Um, was the first, um, we'll come to you, Joe, was the first 35 minutes the worst we've played all season? I wasn't at a exit a second half. That's the worst I've seen us all, all season. I just we didn't we didn't win a header. We didn't get to a second ball. It, it seemed like they're talking about we needed to pass the ball, but the defenders never passed the ball to the midfielders. Chambers and Pennington did not pass the ball to Scoose and Nolan and Downs at all. They they sort of move. I'm not saying their movement's brilliant, but they go in between the lines looking looking to receive a pass, and they never they never receive the ball. So by the, if they if they do actually receive the ball, it's so late on that the only option is to go straight back to them because it's so slow. And then when the, so basically the midfielders pass it to the defenders and the defenders look long and, and that was just the same way all game. And in that sort of seven minute spell where we looked all right, there was a couple of times where we actually passed quickly through the lines. Nolan makes a lot of movement sort of as a 10. I'm not saying he's been brilliant so far because he, he has flattered to deceive a little bit, but if you actually watch him, sort of for a few minutes. He does make a lot of runs, finds a lot of space. No one plays the ball into him. And I think it, a couple of times in the second half, Nudson played him straight into his feet and you sort of turn and you've taken their whole midfield out in one pass, but we just don't seem willing to make that pass or to do it quickly. Rich? Yeah, in terms of your original question, yeah, I, I, I've, I was at, I've seen Quest quite a few times this season and it was just more that Hull aren't very good and we made them look pretty decent pretty effective and I think that was the biggest issue for me is there were bits of play where Hull's passing and you know the ball's going out of play and all that kind of stuff a really dour atmosphere and we're just we're just quite happy to kind of settle into that and let that happen to us and it took us all you know 35 minutes before anything happened 
Yeah, I, hard to think of a worse performance we've seen so far this season. Mm. And as I've already alluded to, the tactical genius of run more than the opponents and give it to Bowen. Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, that beat us. There we go. Um, <laughs> I actually quite enjoy these championship games now when they bottom out. The 45 to 55 <laughs> was <laughs> disgusting, wasn't it? Absolutely disgusting, the start of the second half. And Hull, Chambers mentioned it as well. Hull start drawing fouls and slowing down the tempo and it was um it was very phil parkinson versus the previous manager wasn't it um where are we going to 56 edwards crosses from the right over walter's head graham comes in he's in the six yard box miscontrols it um uh, rich are we giving him the benefit of the doubt bounced up at him um i'm not i think he should sweep that in first time but what then maybe Walk that's done John Wall would have scored. hit it first time, wouldn't he? Slide it into the net. Unbelievable. Graham was a weird one yesterday. I don't know what you guys thought. I, I, he had really good moments, and then for the rest of it, he was pretty, yeah, not particularly good. It was, it was kind of very spiky, I thought, performance from Graham yesterday. He got in good positions, but just brain let him down, I think, when it counted. Um, next phase of that attack, Downs 20 yards out, but he screws the right foot wide. Um, curving cross from the right-back position from Burke. Campbell glances that wide. Uh, Chambers gets caught stepping out Bowen in behind him again slides it to Campbell low right footer gentle one um, Gherkin makes the save and spills it Knudsen's in the six yard box on his right foot he goes <laughs> across the goal I mean, Jonas get rid of it but um, fair dues to Jonas he's getting a pass from me um, yesterday he, he clears it and I mean I've got no problem with Gherkin spilling that he make, you make the save by hook or by crook and if they don't score it's it's um, effective <laughs> goalkeeping for me it's Gherkin um, 101 though to palm it back into danger though isn't it I mean that we have seen that before we have yeah um Ipswich counter Edwards can't beat his man downs to Graham cuts in um Dave would call this a can't be asked shot he's like I'm in a good position um doesn't really wrap his right foot around it um so you pointed this out on a preview show Rich Irvine and Martin are going to be first team players in about at the start of October aren't they so Irvine comes Back in, uh, Kingsley comes out, so Kane goes to left back, and Irvine sits um, to the left-hand side of the four-two-three-one. There, um, Bowen slid through. Um, I'm going to be biased here. He was offside. I was, I had a really good view of that. Um, so I'm going to do the football fan. <laughs> offside. Um, if it's backline sixes and sevens, cross it in, scrambled away. Um, Jackson comes in. I made this a four-four-two. Um, boys that looked like three lines rather than four when um jackson comes in so he goes up front with walters um great corner from graham this one um smashes it across and um you would add a better view again some uh whole guy nicks that on the near post and it just goes just goes out there um waghorn-esque from graham <laughs> sorry um big... they're taking him 20 attempts though hadn't they <laughs> right yeah um this is this is so poor. Big kick from Hull. <laughs> uh, flicked on. So Pennington, who I really like, comes out to win the header and doesn't win it. In goes Bowen into the space again. Um, and this is a good save by Gherkin. So he, he stands up, which I know you're going to say, wish he'd done that in minute three. Um, but then Bowen had just put it through his legs, wouldn't he? Um, but makes the save um, right-footed. Uh Profile on Jackson from Stewart. We get one of them every game, don't we? Rowe comes in for Edwards. So that's another, another one to, 
add to the melting pot of the 24 players. Um, takes, I can only think he's saving Edwards because he knows he's going to start all three games. But yeah. I suspect, were you guys thinking um, Edwards off? Well, Graham just doesn't look fit, does he? I, I, like, neither, neither Graham nor Walters seemed, after about an hour, they just seemed to have totally run out of puff. Like, Walters was still trying and still running around, but neither of them looked fit enough yet. And for a manager that makes such a big deal about fitness, it just amazed me. It's like we were leaving on Graham for a set piece. And he was the only one who was making stuff happen, wasn't he, to be fair? And yeah. I guess the flip side of your argument, Ben, is that presumably Graham will be dropped on Tuesday then if he's playing the whole... Did he come off? I think he stayed on. No, he didn't. He, no, he, Harrison stayed, on, didn't he? he stayed on. Um, but don't trying know, to make logic. Do, out you, of... do you see Eden? Do you see Sears on Tuesday? More. We'll we'll talk about that. Um, Bowen one v one with Chambers. He roasts him. Um, slightly heavy touch here. Another good save. Gherkin doesn't save it with his hands. It hits his um hits his torso. I think, but. Um, you know when a goalie times it really well when it's like okay wait Richard Wright was not good at this actually it's like wait wait go and um, make, makes a good save there um, Chambers gives away another free kick Bowen swings it over kind of half shot half cross Harrison in for Graham that looked 4-3-3-ish for the last five minutes Martin comes in for Campbell and Joe without swearing 88 minutes, Hull have got a goal kick. Go for it. Yeah, goal kick. Guy, I, I don't know who it is, who wins, wins the first header. No no one around him to pick up the second ball from Ipswich, as had been the case all day. Drops to Evandro, who has sort of yards of space to pick a pass. He knocks the ball through. It's not a particularly good pass. Spence has a sort of two-yard head start, it seems, on him. But rather than, rather than make an angle to run at the ball, Spence decides to use his bulk to try and knock Jackson Irvin over and fails dismally and Irvin just takes a touch and scores and like I said I, I don't know what Spencer was doing because he, he was ahead of them and he's fastening him, him he was ahead of him he just needed to get across it nod it away get round and just sort of big change from the 90th minute at that stadium last year where Spence was a hero I, I, yeah, I, so my conspiracy theory on what Spence is trying to do is he looks at Gherkin, I think, and I think he thinks Gherkin's further out and Gherkin's going to come and pick the ball up. So he's actually trying to block him and stop him so that Gherkin can come out and hoof it clear. And what he doesn't realise is he's too far away from goal and the ball's not moving fast enough for that to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the ball doesn't get into the area either, I don't oh think. My no, God. I think Irving gets to his touch before it's even in the area. So I've Gherkin seen Spence do anyway. this before. Um, Spence is a very intelligent man, but there's a touch of the Graham Lasso's about him. He loves to play the Just man. Just that one down, Ben. Very intelligent <laughs> man. Yep. Oh, have you heard he, him talk? He's very eloquent. He's obviously a smart guy, isn't he? And he likes, I think he likes um, a battle with a player. And I think he was trying to say to Irvine, look, you know, I'm more wily than you. I'm cleverer than you. And he goes to block him and Irvine just steps round him. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. And I'm always on here standing up for Spence. Um, you know, he came in against Norwich and, oh, okay, 70 grand signing. Uh, everyone would say thumbs up for a 70 grand signing for what he's done and playing centre half. Um, I think he's a bit scapegoat-ish sometimes. Um, but... He doesn't help himself, does he, though, Ben? Come on. Not with and that. I, I'm going to no, doff my cap to Mikey and, I, and you know... 
I don't, as we said at the start, I think Donassian should be in that position anyway. Um, I, I think he's he has a brain fart in him, and that's that's my issue. Just two bits that I spotted as well. I don't know if you got, well, two things that I, two people that I spotted who could have done. Pennington comes a long way out to try and win the header when Scoose is there. So, and I didn't see Chambers anywhere near the action either. Maybe I've missed, maybe I haven't got a good video angle at it, but I couldn't see Chambers. It was just positioning, going back to the point we talked about before, winning headers, positions, just really. I, th- I think in their yesterday. in their defence, shape-wise, Rich, there, I think it's last oh, five minutes, 4-3-3, three, three, everybody yeah. spread out, get it forward, try and get the equaliser. Yeah. Do we think that if um, Hurst removes Bielkowski for mistakes now do dispense and downs both get dropped yes <laughs> yeah I, I i presume they will be i, I, I don't wow. see that they won't be but can you really have a team where if you make a mistake you're going to get dropped every week well, so you, you'll play like you're just scared of making a mistake and not yeah. express yourself then right yeah it'd be like watching roy Keane's ipswich yeah but they we'd argue there are better players not in the team that could fill those positions aren't there Wow. Um, so, look, let's just go in general terms on this game. I'm sure we're going to get asked in the Twitter questions, which I haven't overly looked at. My read on this was that every game Ipswich have lost this year, I've cited a mitigating factor. Oh, red card at Sheffield Wednesday. Can't defend set plays at um, Derby. Uh, Rotherham created loads of chances, got done by a uh, set play. In this game, this is the first one where there's been no improvement from things that have happened before and there's no mitigating factor, Hull deserved to win. Richard? Yes. I Yeah, concur with that. Um, yeah, well, the mitigating factor, I guess, is two, is two crap goals that we could have avoided, I guess. You know, it's, and they're not good goals. And Hurst himself said, we don't concede good goals. No one's properly broken us down. We've just, you know, let them through. Um but yeah, yesterday just I couldn't. It was a, it felt like a regression, and we'll probably come to your point that you made a few times, Ben, about you had something going before Norwich and kind of chucked up in the air and we'll, we'll start again. Himself. Maybe so. I think, free, yeah. I think the free loan signings at the end of the window have confused him. Yeah. Pennington was obviously required. He's coming for Enciala, but I think the signings of Graham and Walters have just confused him. Yeah, I yeah. totally agree. And now you've got, I don't know what the combined spend on Harrison and Jackson, but now you've got, well, okay, look, you guys are going to need to wait because John Walters is going to win us some games or whatever. And uh, I don't want to be a grump about Walters, but everyone was really pleased. It was a good story that he came back. But you've all told me his best football was played from the right-hand side, being this bustling, industrious guy. Um, and... Does he have that much quality on the ball? Is he Daryl Murphy to play up front on his own? Um, I don't even think he's the best person in the squad for that job. I can understand having him having him in there for his um, intelligence and um, ability to you know manage players who are less smart than him. But as a number nine on his own? Yeah, I'd, I'd rather see him playing out wide and coming in from there. Like I, said, I don't want to belittle his achievement because it's obviously an incredible what he did since he left Ipswich. But ultimately, he played a huge amount of games at the Stoke side under Tony Pulis, which were functional at best. So he wasn't in there for sort of quality of football. He was in there because he was a bloody hard worker and a really good pro. And he, he deserves everything he's got. And I'm not sort of trying to make out that he doesn't. But 
I, when he was Ipswich, I never, I never actually thought he was that good a striker. He was always better on the right. Whenever he had a lot, of, whenever he had a lot of time to finish, he was never a particularly good finisher. He missed a lot of chance. I remember one away at Norwich in the derby where he's through on goal and he's sort of missed a one on one. And the, the, those things stick in my mind. And I, I think with the way that we spent effectively two and a half million on two strikers, we still can't really work out that left hand side. Quillon Edwards, by all accounts, at Peterborough, was better on the left. Why don't we try Edwards on the left, Walsh's on the right, and one of the strikers in the middle? Quillon Edwards told yeah. Andy Warren he prefers to play down the left. That's the player actually actually saying it. But, yeah, interesting times. Richard, I'm going to give a pass to Gherkin. I'm going to give a pass to Nudson, and you're probably going to disagree with me. Um Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Going through the rest of this team. Graham for 10 minutes and Edwards for 10 minutes. And anybody else play well? Mm, no, I, I wouldn't have given a pass to any. I guess Gerke made a couple of good saves, I guess. Um, so I can understand that. Um, but as I was going back to this Chambers post-match, I think he was quite right to call out everyone who, you know, we, we were good in training. We were, you know, we've been working after the last two weeks and we come and step on the pitch. It just looked like rabbits in the headlights, didn't it? Or maybe like we expected the hole to roll over for us or something yesterday. I didn't think, you know, I've, I've too many touches, too much time on the ball. You know, the, the players up front, we've seen this with Harrison and Jackson wanting too much time, thinking that, you know, they scored that Graham chance that he should have swept into the bottom corner. We're just a bit complacent, I think, yesterday. That was my overriding feeling. Um, call me naive and um, Joe you'll probably say you saw this two weeks ago um, and please no one complain about the analogy I'm going to make if you think it's tasteless do you remember when the government put the terror threat up from moderate to severe yeah as soon as that final whistle went yesterday 
my threat level about where this is going went from moderate to severe. Um, obviously, they could win two games by Saturday and my threat level will reduce back to medium. But I think a lot of Ipswich fans, optimistic, optimistic, fine. And I think something's changed since that game, Joe. Well, I think it was just the actual... It was seen as an easy, an easier win. Hull were a poor side on a poor record, and we went there, and they, they were better than us from the first minute to the last. Really, admittedly, the two goals were gimmies, but there was probably four or five times where just one single pass from a midfielder to Bowen took out our whole team and created chances. We we were just cut open, sort of time and time again. And if we were playing a better side, they'd have absolutely hammered us. And there's, I don't know, I, I was concerned with the amount of sort of lower league players that came into the team. But ultimately, there wasn't that many there yesterday. And we just played so naively the whole game. The amount of times where, like, I think the ref was very, gave a lot of very soft decisions, sort of, not just to Hull, sort of just in general, but we kept giving the ref the opportunity to make those decisions. We kept, when we were pressing, just putting a foot in there. There's one, I'm sure Rich will remember, right down in front of us where the left back is under... He's got nowhere to go. Edwards is right out behind him. And rather than just sort of shepherd him and allow somebody, he just puts a foot in. The, the linesman's flags, it's a free kick. And like I say, that, that has happened time and time again this season. And we we were so slow. We were so cumbersome. We didn't we didn't get to a second ball all game. And like I say, I looked at the stats this morning on who scored. And I think we hit our back five responsible for 67 long balls, of which 18 67. were successful. Between the back five players, 67 long balls, wow. of which 18 or 19 were successful. And successful is just our guy gets ahead on it. So you've effectively got 70, 50 of them are given away and 20 of them, you've got to win a second ball. And I I can't remember five that we won a second ball to. So that's given possession away 60, 70 times in the game. Feels like his um, message has got a bit lost since the, since the loan window. Rich, has your threat level gone from... Medium to severe. I've got to stop using this analogy. Threat <laughs> level midnight. Yeah, it has. And um, I mean, I'm properly invested. Like Stat, I was not happy at the previous regime and definitely supportive of change. Um, and also supportive of the appointment of Hurst and his early um, his early actions. I was not necessarily upset with him calling players out at Exeter, though now we're in the proper shit there we go boom swear we're going there. Um, um you can't do that again can you you can't call out players in the press after a match after a defeat because he's already done it in a in a pretty unnecessary game that doesn't really matter so i've gone from being fully behind hearst to thinking well um, i'm not seeing what you're doing here and i'm i'm worried that you are making life unnecessarily difficult for yourself as well um, i tweeted that you know, there's there's some stuff where a bit of humility might go a long way. The, the treatment of Nudson, Dazelle, um, Bart, you know, a, a more clever manager who's more familiar with the level, more familiar with the egos and, you know, the, the, you don't necessarily find the lower leagues and treat them a little bit more with kick gloves. But I, yeah, my threat level is is, is gone up a little bit, Ben, I'm not going to lie. This is one of those situations where, I agree with everything you've both said, and I hope you're wrong about all of it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's, um, but seven games without a win is seven games without a win. And can I say, I was at Birmingham on Friday night, who also don't have a win, and they're a lot better than us at the, at, at the moment, you know. But 
you know, we had those games against. But look, look I'm sure this stuff's going to come up in the in the tweets. But before we go to the tweets, on possibly the worst day ever to announce this, bottom of the league and um, the sad passing of Kevin Beatty. Finally, the fabled Blue Monday live show is happening and will be on sale from nine o'clock tonight. So we probably won't even be finished this pod by then. So here's the plan. 24th of November, after the West Bromwich Albion game, we Defeat. have hired the... Sorry. <laughs> we have hired... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we have hired the Curve Bar, which is a stone's throw from um, Ipswich Stadium. Um, so at seven o'clock, the event's going to start. So you've got time to go and grab some food or what have you beforehand. Um, and we're going to do a live podcast. There's going to be all sorts of um, fun and games. Most of the team are going to be there. Sadly, Rich, you're in Tenerife and Mikey's at a wedding. But Harry from Bath will be there. Dave will be there. Statman will be there. Joe will be there. I will be there. Um, we'll speak Good ones to... haven't turned up. Good ones haven't turned up. So <laughs> We'll speak to some possible special guests. The CV game is returning. If you want to take part live in the CV game and see how hard it actually is when the pressure's on, the CV game will be there. There's rumours of a Statman-style quiz at the end. Um, we'd love to meet. We met a lot of um, listeners and whatnot at some of the Bristol um, uh, social thing there. So it's it's a big social. Um, it's a chance for us to meet you and for people to take part in the podcast. We've been asked to do it for ages, and I just haven't got my act together and um, booked it. So after the West Brom game, if you want an excuse to go to the West Brom game. Um, I've seen West Brom twice this year and they're a lot of fun anyway. Um, so please get yourself a ticket. It's eventbrite.co.uk where you'll find the tickets. They're not launched yet. We'll do a thing on Twitter, but we hope it's going to be a lot of fun and we'd like as many of you to come as possible. So please um, spread the love, spread the event, and we're going to bang on about it on every podcast until the 24th of November and we're really, really looking forward to it. Did I miss anything out, boys? Don't think so. You don't think so? Ticket prices? Oh, I never say that. Eight pounds. <laughs> Eight pounds. We have to hire sound people and the venue. So don't a think we're... A bargain. A bargain. It costs you £38 to watch Bielsa's Leeds. Actually, that's quite good value, isn't it? Um, think someone think of a better example. Um, Gordon Ramsay's going to come up again, isn't it? But yes, going to be a great event, and all the details are going to be posted on Twitter at some point later today. Are you ready for some Twitter questions, gentlemen? Bring it on. We'll try and rattle through these. Um... Uh, Chris Palmer, uh, Joe, do you think Paul Hurst can turn things around? I feel like. Uh, Nudson and Chambers aren't playing for him like they should be. I think he can, but he's, he's going to need to get some wins soon. Like, like my concern was up until the Norwich game, I, was, I felt quite confident with what he was doing. It, it seemed like we were going in the right direction. And then the Norwich game was just, well, well we got a point. It wasn't a bad result. It was just the setup of the team. And then that went into yesterday's game where the sort of setup and the way we actually played just seemed so different to what we were trying to do. So hopefully something's got to click. 
maybe on Tuesday night, the game where you don't expect it to because you're up against an informed team, you get that win and then hopefully you can kick on from there. But if he doesn't get a win in the next two or three games, I think the damage could almost get to a stage where it becomes irreparable. Richard, your friend from the previous show at Yucky Brain. Seems as many teams struggle after previous manager leaves them. Is it just a case of getting his style of playing out of the system? Um, I think there's a bit of that. Um, but uh, it's a bit of a controversial thought, this, but I, I think where teams have struggled after the previous manager has, has left is because they've retained the same playing staff who were very loyal to, to Mick because he does foster that loyalty, he does kind of build the team spirit and the style of play where they're really heavily drilled and then suddenly he's gone and it all falls apart and the new manager can't really figure out how to get that back working again. So actually Hurst having to do a bit of a squad overhaul actually might work in his favour. Now, the quality we've, we can debate, but actually these are Hurst's players now. So I think that's potentially less of an issue. Whether they're of the standards to compete in the championship is another question. Uh, Joe, Jack Barham, do you think as soon as we get the first win, we'll start stringing the results together? I, well, I, I just don't see where the win's coming from at the moment. But if we win on Tuesday, I could see us winning on Saturday. So... It's just confidence is such a big thing in football. And I say, I, I can only say hopefully. I can't say yes. Hope, hopefully we will. Uh, Rich, this is Matthew Noble. Um, did the loan signings upset Hurst's plan and create unnecessary selection issues? Yeah, I think we, we've spoken about that. I think I agree with, with what Joe was saying there. And um, the thought about Walters as well, I, I, just to add to that as well, I, I think... That if we are going to go back to that one up front, then to me, he doesn't work there because he's not mobile enough. And I thought Harrison without the goal had actually done quite well there. We saw Fraser Campbell do that. I don't think Walters can do that on his own. So I think he has given a bit of a headache. And I think maybe Hurst thinks he's probably going to play him because he's a big player. Um, Graham as well. Um, yeah, I probably agree with that. Um, Joe, this is Alistair. Uh Hurst has acknowledged that the fitness levels at Ipswich weren't where he needed them and it would take time. Will we ever actually reach the required level now that the matches are coming? If not, when? Uh, if not, then what? Yeah, this is, this is something that was, was worrying me before the season started, where we were talking about this pre-season where we need to get the players fit. We took this special camp to Spain, double sessions, triple sessions, and then by the time the first game, this, or the, well, the first, not the first game, the second game of the season came round, from from the last preseason friendly, I think only two players were starting, or four players were starting from that. So you've got a team where you've got John Nolan and Enciala, who were effectively banished from training at Shrewsbury before the deal went through, so haven't had a proper preseason. You've got John Walters, who's been injured, who wasn't having a proper preseason. Jordan Graham doesn't look like he's had a proper preseason. Like I say, so you've 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 made a big play about fitness, but yet we haven't got the players that have had this long preseason and. Why, why are we not just playing the fittest player and almost giving, yep, John Walters, you've signed. We want to give you two weeks sort of hard fitness training before you can be considered to come into the team. Same, same with Jordan Graham, whether we need to actually get the players up to the right levels because some of the pressing yesterday, it was just, at one point, it was just John Walters chasing the ball around up front. There was there was no one going with him. We weren't hunting in packs and that's what pressing's about. And is it fitness or is it just confidence? Richard, um, this is Sam, James. Do the team think there is a disconnect between what Hurst and Chambers are saying in public? 
Um, not yesterday, I don't think. The um, the two that um, that went out after the game yesterday, I thought they were both were saying pretty similar things, which is we're kind of we're both at a loss as to why we can look so good in training and have done so well for the last two weeks and then rock up to Hull and do that. So I don't, I don't, I thought they were pretty much on message there. The the attitudes and the demeanours were very different though because Hurst looked very defeated, looked very much like well. What do I do? I've never had to experience this in my management career. We've generally been quite good up the back. We've generally been quite fit. What do I do? And Chambers was pretty much, well, this is really bad and we we should be a bit worried here and we need to sort ourselves out. So I think they were same message, but delivered in very different ways. Uh, Joe, this is Peter Carr. Um, a recurring theme so far has been lack of goal threat. What do you think is the main cause of this and who in the um, who in the current squad can resolve it? I, I just don't think we're passing the ball very well through the lines. And while at, at Shrewsbury last year, Carlton Morris was their main striker, scored six goals in over 30 league starts. The goals were coming from the wide players and John Nolan, effectively. And we, we need to get the ball into John Nolan or A and others' feet around the edge of the box, where rather than a long ball sort of trying to pick up scraps and, and not doing so. So it's just a case of trying to pass the ball through the lines, which allows us to get bodies around the front man and go from there. But ultimately, if, we, if we're going to keep going long to one player, we're, we're not going to score goals. Um, Richard, this is Jonathan Powell. In the past few seasons, we have, when fit, had one or two match winners in our team, Waghorn, McGoldrick, Lawrence Fraser, who from our current squad can step up to provide the X factor to keep us competitive this season. I honestly don't know. Um, I don't. I think Edwards. Uh, yeah, potentially. Um, and I suppose the hope yeah. Jordan Graham as well. And both of those, yeah. I mean, maybe not yesterday for Edwards, but certainly in other games he's kind of yeah definitely lifted us. And Graham, if if he'd had better luck in front of goal, maybe could have done so yesterday. But you kind of look you look at Walters given his stature, but I just don't think we're using him right, um, particularly in the system yesterday. So. Um, yeah, I guess the wide players. It's got to be, isn't it? Not seen uh, much of Nolan yet, have we? And Timely that, Rich. Uh, this is Tim, um, friend of the show. Uh, Joe, Skews and Nolan didn't seem to work against Norwich. The second half was much better. Are they the root of the creative problem? I, I do worry sometimes about Skews. As, as much as he is a good defensive player, if we are trying to pass the ball quickly out from the back, he has shown he can do that, but he's too often shown that he doesn't do that. He's too often wants to take the extra touch, wants to go back to Chambers, doesn't, isn't naturally looking forward in the way that Downs didn't look forward yesterday. You want someone like even Chalibur, he does give the ball away often, but his first thought is to pass the ball forwards. And when you hear Chambers talking about the training sessions, Hurst talking about the training sessions, that is what they want. They want people's first thought to pass the ball forwards. And if they can't do that, then they, then they have a look around. Um, this is, I'll take this one. This is Vandalay Industries. Please, can you tell the media to stop with the nonsense about should Ipswich have kept? Does my head in? No, 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 no. Let's see. Um, we we um, we made a joke about this with the previous manager gag. We only talk about it when we get asked about it. Um, we've got nothing uh, particularly, well, certain things against the previous manager, but um, we do get asked about it a lot. Um, it is a frame of reference from the past five years, but I think it's now less relevant than it's ever, ever been. This is all about Hurst now and going forward and um, with no sense of childishness, um, worrying about 
what he's up to is <laughs> it's the least of our problems. Um, well, the easiest way to stop people talking about the previous manager is to start winning games, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And if we were 12th from the table, no one would be saying anything about him. No, yeah. and the worse we are, and the longer he's out of work, he's gradually turning into Pochettino meets Klopp meets <laughs> Guardiola, isn't he? The longer you know, there's that you go away and you automatically improve and yeah well i think, I think we have to um, accept he's he's he'll, he'll be he's a bigger story than we are anyway. maybe generally as well yeah and um it would be the same as us when we do the roundup we we talk in general terms looking in from the outside on the other clubs and you know maybe we're guilty of some of the same generalizations um there you go guys pete teven what's our best 11 right now um, with everyone back from injury, <laughs> um, I'll, I'll stick with Hurst's four-one-four-one formation and Bart in goal, Danash in right back, Nudson left back. I'd say Chambers and Enciala centre back. Scoos probably sitting in front at the moment for me. Emir Hughes and Ooh. John Nolan in the middle. Guion Edwards on the right or on the left. John Walters on the right and either Harrison or Jackson up front. Can't argue with that. Yeah. 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 That sounds quite good when you say it. It sounds a lot different when you put Emmy Hughes in the midfield as well, doesn't it? Yeah. I wonder if that's the issue. I I was interested you said 4141, Joe, there, because Walters was isolated yesterday. We've worried that it's the quality of Harrison or Jackson that has caused those strikers to be isolated in that system. But Walters was yesterday as well. So I wonder whether it's just getting everyone up the pitch and I think Hughes would do that but I do I am not a huge fan of 4141 if I'm honest um, we need to say thank you to lots of other people for asking questions we're sorry we try and read as many as possible sometimes this segment goes like 18 minutes or something so uh, we will stop there it was certainly an interesting week um, although the landscape will change greatly in the next six days as well won't it so uh, we can't necessarily dwell too much let's go to the roundup chaps so we'll try and bash through this i always I say it every week try and bash through quickly and down goes another 15 minutes there we go um joe millwall one leads one leads so close to their first defeat there yeah last minute wasn't it almost jack harrison first goal for the club and you could tell that meant a lot to Leeds. That was one of those ones where you're having a good season and you managed to dig out a late goal when you've got, I think the Kemar Roof is injured, Patrick Bamford's injured, and they had young sort of Tyler Roberts up front on his own. And they're, they're big points they are when you're at the top of the table. Uh, Rich, Brentford 2, Wigan 0. Brentford moving smoothly into second place, <laughs> ready for Tuesday. Um, Mapai mm. with both goals and seven for the season. Yeah, and <laughs> not good. Um, I'll be honest. I'm, uh, the goals they scored as well were, were both kind of tappings from within the six-yard box, but it's just really pass, incisive football, good movement off the ball. I'm really worried, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm a bit worried. Yeah, Brentford for the last three seasons always have the highest number of shots per game, they're, and they're normally out there by quite a distance as well. So, uh, Joe, Bristol City won. Sheffield United nil. Bristol City go third, fourth win on the trot. Yeah, that, that, and they looked good. I think they looked good value for the win as well. Um, McGoldrick had a chance for Sheffield United, but that, but that was it. And I think Bristol City at home are going to be a force to be reckoned with until their sort of post-Christmas meltdown. 
I'm reading this the wrong way around, Rich. I had this the other way. Norwich won Borough nil, and I think we all admitted that Pookie was probably good the surprise yeah. for Norwich, and he he gets the winner. But great win for Norwich, but they've lost Grant Hanley for six weeks, so every cloud. He's not that good, is he, Hanley? Anyway, uh, yeah, I, I know that was the, the kick in the, our team. up the arse, wasn't it? I guess, well, kicking the proverbials yesterday when we was walking out of Hull. Yeah. Um, that they'd won that one and Borough I suspect that's probably just a short term blip but yeah. still yeah. chat about whether they like Pulis or not up there seems a bit of a weird one yeah very much so um, Swansea nil, Forest nil. is this more cautious Karanka um, Joe I, I, I just don't think he's that good a manager Karanka <laughs> like, he did well with Middlesbrough but you sort of see the turnover he's had at Forest of players the amount of money they've spent and They've got rid of some of their promising young players. He just doesn't give them a chance, and I, I don't think he'll last particularly long there. I, I, I can't, I can't see him there in three, four months' time. Very interesting. Um, this is brilliant, Rich. Rotherham won Derby nil. So Rotherham now have got three one-nil wins at home and nine points. And we all love Paul Warren, don't we? And um, one of my favourites, Tom Lawrence, gets a red card, and Lampard gets himself sent off um this is this is great banter <laughs> great banter from frank lampard's army yeah do you see the, the lawrence um red card absolute shocker you know the kind of stuff that we oh, saw when he, was online. He, he was really capable of being a really nasty piece of work though wasn't he, when he was online goals. yeah the, uh, yeah okay but <laughs> tom lawrence you're saying tom lawrence is the championship paul scholes are you wind this back this is the great thing about doing this the wind Welsh this back Paul's... and you'll find i never said that <laughs> <laughs> the Welsh force goals. Um, yeah, so he, he hacks a guy in from on the sideline. It was proper bad. And then Lampard himself got sent off as well. What was so Lampard he, doing? He was, he was, the he was up the line, was about, wasn't he? He was like 20 he, yards he out of his technical game. zone. He said after the game, he said, I was sent off again outside my technical zone, but our assistant manager should have been sent off and so should their manager because they went out of the zone. And then they showed a video of it and he was 40 yards outside <laughs> the way end, wasn't he? Down by the linesman. I'm sorry, more of this from Lampard and I'm going to really, he's going to be our new Neil Lennon, isn't he? Brilliant. Um, I'll do this one, guys, because I was at the game. Birmingham won, West Brom won. Birmingham should have murdered them about 5-0. Um, Birmingham scored on, I think, 26, then missed the penalty. Um, then... Che Adams smashed one over the bar and then Matt Phillips scored a very goal with some very dubious marking by the um, Birmingham left back Pedersen um, and then they missed another two chances in the second half, two good ones, Birmingham and then Barnes hit the bar for West Brom, they could have they could have lost it right at the end but um, certainly a lot of pointers Rich for the preview for um, for Birmingham it's the 29th, isn't it? Um, yep. Very solid. Gardner and Keith yeah. Bell do not move. Back four. Fullbacks don't go forward too much. And the two wide players really cut inside. And the two forwards, uh, first line of defence, they drop they drop right back. So um, They're really organised, aren't they? And the they I was really unpleasantly surprised with how solid they were and actually how good their squad is, actually. Well, their first team. and Their first 11's pretty no tight, isn't it? Yotta looks good as well. Yeah, and they haven't won a game. Interesting. Um, Wednesday 2, Stoke 2, Joe. Um, a phobie early brace. Uh, Bannon late equaliser. I'm just so surprised by this Wednesday winning streak. They're one of the poorest yeah. teams I've seen this year, and they've just won three and drawn one of the last four. That's a lovely goal from Bannon. That was my only takeaway from the match. Little dinked for a kick over the wall in off the post. Keeper didn't move. 
lovely stat. Slow motion, yeah. wasn't it? That it was just nice little ding off the post. Yeah, perfect. What did they say when Kuman scored that free kick against England? He's going to flick one. He's going to flick one. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Um, Rich Bolton one. Actually, I'll give this one to Joe because Villa's coming up. Uh, Bolton one, Joe Rangers two. Um, I had a home win all day long for this one. So good work from McLaren. Yeah, first QPR win for a long time on the road. I think it's eight or nine games since they've won on the road. They looked good value for it. They sort of created some good chances, good goal. Naki Wells looking very sharp up to, up to top of QPR. But the whole team was looking sharp in that lovely pink away kit that they had. Good, <laughs> wasn't it? <laughs> um, Rich, Blackburn won, Villa won, draw all day long, Mowbray v Bruce. Um, Tammy Abraham. I love Tammy Abraham. <laughs> He's, he's money in the he's like Dwight Gale in the championship, isn't he? That's that's twenty five goals before you even started, isn't it? Oh, Tommy Abraham and Yannick Malassi on the bench. I mean <laughs> bloody hell, Bruce. McGinn, I mean, Grealish, Codger. He's got and a player. He's under he's under pressure. I mean, speaking to people that I Villa fans I know up here and on Twitter as well. He is under serious pressure. And to be honest, I think second half was a bit more even. First half, it looked like Blackburn. Blackburn were all over him. Dak having all kinds of fun, doing a, doing a Jermaine Wright-esque spin against Leeds, if you remember that. <laughs> I a, couldn't think of what that was called. And I, the only one I could think of was Jermaine Wright. And I've got... Was it against Arsenal he did the spin? I was Arsenal. Good point. Yeah, well, yeah. I've not heard a word. You, you said under pressure twice and my head is just going... Dido, dido. <laughs> I'm just singing under pressure in my head a lot. Um, last one, Joe. What are Preston doing? Equalised twice against Reading, who, by all accounts, oh, I said it, sorry, who, according to most people, are terrible. Um, and Preston are 23rd now. Yep, they're as, nearly as bad as we are. But, <laughs> Literally. <laughs> but Pre- Preston missed a few a few decent chances. I think they had a couple of headers at Barclays and had a couple of chances, but they didn't score. And Reading just... When they when they went forward, they seemed to cut Preston open, and they were a really solid team last year under Barkhouse, under Neil. I, Brown, I don't and, know what's happened. Uh, Pearson are all really good as well. Yeah, no, I, don't, I actually backed them for the top six. So <laughs> good luck with that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, do I have to do this extrapolation? Ipswich are twenty fourth with three points from seven games. That's zero point four two points per game, projecting a Rotherham esque nineteen for the season. No change or goals or assists. Um, only two players, quite predictably, on full minutes. Um, Nudson and Chambers and ben, 24 players your used. Face, for those who are listening, Ben's face has just dropped completely. Oh, no. Well, it's going to pick up, Rich, because we're going to Two Little Ducks, where you two get to squirm on the internet. Lovely stuff. Um, two Little Ducks, we know the rules by now. Um, we have a game from the Annals of Ipswich Town history. Rich and Joe are going to name as many of the 22 players that started this game as they can. They have to name them consecutively. If they get a player who did not start or was not a used sub, they are out. A used sub does not count to their total. Both Rich and Joe may play their golden goose at any time, meaning if they suggest that Queen bassist John Deacon appeared for Exeter in the 1998 League Cup game between Ipswich and Exeter, but they play their Golden Goose. John Deacon will <laughs> not lose them the points. I've, I've lost it, boys. I've lost it. Um, are you ready for this? I reckon if you were if you were that way inclined, Rich, I know you're a bit of a preparer, aren't you? I reckon you might have prepared this game. Oh, no, he's going to get loads. Oh, he's right. Here comes a full house because we're going to the 6th no, of March. Be. My memory's appalling. 
We're going to the 6th of March 2007, and Rich has figured out which game I'm going to pick. Hull 2, Ipswich 5. <laughs> wow, I've been caught out here, haven't I? Um, so have a couple of couple of seconds to figure that out. Um, if you're listening now, go to eventbrite.co.uk where you can buy tickets for Blue Monday Live on Saturday the 24th of November after the West Brom game. If you don't ace this now... Rich, you know all the answers. Then he might be—he might be let down by me, though. Oh, I'm having an absolute shocker here. Well, he can just tell it. you the answers and then you say them, Joe. Right, who wants to go first? I'll, I'll get one out of the way then. Francis Jeffers. Francis Jeffers, one. Rich. Uh, Lewis Price. <laughs> he's going. He's going to go down the order too. I—I've got to be terrible on this one. I don't really remember. I've, I've just got a feeling, Rich, did Danny Haynes score a goal in this game? Shout. Um, yeah, Danny Haynes. You sub, sub. You sub. So he sub. doesn't, doesn't okay. count towards your score, but you're still in. Uh, Boaz Myhill. Yep, that's three. Um, Play your golden goose if you're not sure, Joe. I'll, or ask Rich, who knows all the Rich, answers. What do you reckon? Dan Harding? I just remember oh, the yeah, whoosh. That, that sounds good to me. That sounds good. Yeah, Dan, Dan Harding, Harding. four. Uh, Damien Delaney? For Hull. For Hull, yes, it Delaney. did. Delaney. Um, Jason DeVos. Yep, six. David Wright. Wright, right. Seven. Oh, actually, um, no, yep. I'm going to take that off you. He's only called David Wright. <laughs> Have you heard yeah, Ian um, Wright? I remember someone on 606 saying... Half Falcon. Yeah. Ian Wright's fed up of that chant. He said, my name's not Ian Wright, right, right. It's Ian Wright, for goodness sake. Can you just say it once? Um, where are we? Joe, seven. Um... I'll do Golden Goose on Gary Roberts. Bam. Hey, didn't need to play that. Beautiful. Oh. Dean Windass. How old was Dean Windass then? He was um he was on the uh, pitch at halftime yesterday in a very lovely There's suit. Pictures of him everywhere as well in Hull. Nine. Was Nick Barmby playing then, Rich? Um, I don't recall seeing him in the Hull squad. I'll be honest, but possibly. No. Um, I'll go with. Rich can help you here if you need it, Joe. One of them, uh, one of our players is playing for us at the moment. Um, John Walters. He's a he's sub, a, wasn't he's he? He's a used sub, so we can switch back over to Rich. We're still on nine. I have to hold my uh, fingers up to do this. Legwinski. Yep, ten. Oh, that was who I was actually going to say the last go round. Um, who would have been up front? Franny Jeffers. Alan Lee. Very good, eleven. Uh <laughs> Ashby for Hull. Yeah, 12. Ian Ashby, he's played for Cambridge, didn't he? I couldn't even tell you any more Hull players at the moment now. Where are we? Um, any clues? Um, left-footed centre midfielder, Dave loves him. Um, Stephen Quinn. We're out. Owen Garvin was giving you the clue too. We're all uh, out there. Oh, no, 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 Rich, you've, you can keep going, can't you? I, I've not got too many more, to be honest. And, that, and I even looked at it just beforehand, so that tells you how good my memory <laughs> I need, is. I need to up my game here. Let's go through this. So, look, that's a very respectable... Bruce, was he in there? Okay, you can have that one, 13. Let's leave it at lucky 13, shall I we? I really had a chance to say, Bruce, yes! Unbelievable then, but I chose not to. Um, From our award-winning video. Absolutely. Uh, my Hill, Ricketts, Coles, Delaney, Dawson, Parler. Is that Ray Parler? Yeah, I think it was, yeah. Wow. He was having a trait... He was having to traipse down the lower leagues to pay his divorce settlement. Oh, at the time. okay, yeah. 
Ashby, Marnie, Forster, Elliot, Windass, um, Price, Wright, DeVos, Bruce Harding. The one Ipswich player you didn't get, Jamie Peters, which I think has caught someone out before on here, hasn't it? I thought we'd said him, but uh, yeah, he was Garvin, on my... Lewinsky, Roberts, Jeffers, Lee. Very good, but Rich, you kind of ruined it by doing the research before, didn't you? I... You were predictable. How about that? <laughs> I'm extremely predictable. <laughs> and I was, I? I was absolutely shocking last time with Mikey. So oh, I thought... It's horrible, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's torture. So I thought, I can't let that happen again. Yeah, and I've still not got full 23, though. So. Have you noticed? That's why I always do the hosting gig and never play. Because <laughs> I'm just going to be awful. 20, 23rd or 24th of November, whatever it is, the oh. table should be turned. No, no. Um, no, the audience are going to play the CV game. 23rd of November, eventbrite.co.uk, Blue Monday live get your tickets now um let's move on richard brentford on tuesday brentford are the best team i've seen play this season i saw them pick apart Sheffield wednesday very easily at griffin park projects been building for ages um i used to love ryan woods he's been sold but they weren't playing him it was mckechran and another midfielder beginning with m whose name i can't remember um is now scoring and Watkins and they've got this guy Ben Rama as well who's just come into the team who looks a bit X-Factory Mepham's great at centre-back Bieland um, and the other full-back whose name I can't remember actually get forward like ours are supposed to and the goalie's good as well Bentley anything to add to that <laughs> yay I'm glad that I'm watching it on the red button which means I can turn it off if it I so I'm the, gonna... the championship's unpredictable. That's yes. the only hope. I was we gonna have. go there, Joe. You go on, you do it. Yeah. It's unpredictable. It's a bonkers league. This Hashtag. is where we will <laughs> This is where we hope it is when we can actually win a game where you look at it and think, What hope in hell have we got in this game? It's the first That's one really this season, isn't it? I mean I was worried about Villa, but got a draw out of that one. Um Brentford famed for high possession stats, high shots, moved the ball around lovely does it in some way play into our favor that we can do an underdog game and try and try and press them and we can say right right they're going to do that so we can we can work off that as the basis for our tactics rich yeah uh, but first off we've got to be up for it which we weren't on saturday were we so if you hope that everyone gets a bit of a kick up the arse i think actually absolutely that might play into our into our hands that force them up the pitch force the mistake and try and score a bloody goal do you know what i mean Team-wise, Joe, what are you expecting? Um, I've no idea at the moment, but I think it might help not having a lot of the ball. I think we struggle when we have a lot of the ball to actually make things happen. If we're getting it sort of few and far between, trying to catch them on the counter-attack, we might actually be a bit better because a number of our chances yesterday were when they had committed men forward and sort of Graham and Nudson had a bit of joy down the left-hand side. So hopefully, hopefully it'll be a case where it just... It just goes like that again. Rich, surely they're going to play they, more. They on and we and we and we can hit them on the break and. Yeah, surely something. they're going to play more open than most other teams we've played. Surely. Yeah, uh, and you know if you've, I'd really like to see Eden come back in because of that. I think he was really good at kind of getting stuck in and breaking stuff up, and actually then getting forward and and bombing on. And maybe it's a game for Harrison as well. You know, he likes to chuck himself about a bit as well, but. I just, I'm not expecting much. So I'll be pleasantly surprised if we get a point and and then focus on Saturday, which is obviously eminently more winnable, hopefully. Yeah. And you and Harry are going to deal with that 
on Thursday, Friday, whenever, Friday, yep. whenever that show drops. So look yep. out, look out for um, Rich and Harry on the preview show later in the week. Rich, where can we find you on Twitter? At Ipswich. Um, Joe, you might be back. You might be back on very soon, actually. Um, so where can people find you on Twitter? Um, at Joe Fairs. Um, and obviously, look out for this um, this week in ITFC history special all about um kevin Beatty, who died today age 64 that's going to be soon i think possibly recording tomorrow night we'll figure that out um please get your memories of kevin Beatty in now rich you made a little video based on when we first started the pod in 2015 um just to get the thing going with dave did a top 10 all-time interest player Beatty was his number one and you kind of cobbled together some of Dave's comments. Tell us about the video because we're going to play out with that. Yeah, it's, I'm I'm quite like at the moment just trying to find pieces of music to stick stuff to, and and so we've we've used kind of the old chestnut of Queen, and um, but yeah, it's just some the video from I really recommend it. We'll probably try and stick a link out on the Twitter as well to go and listen to the bio because it's just Dave's commentary and Dave's words that kind of bring the it out. With stuff. And the love, yeah, absolutely right. And and you know, for the likes of us who never saw him in the flesh, to to hear the way that that Dave was describing him kind of a more powerful, a more kind of direct Maldini or what have you. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's difficult for us to fathom given what we've just been talking about for an hour or so about the current crop, you know, it, it hasn't always been like this. We have been a team of stature with, with amazing players. And, and unfortunately, yeah, we've, we've lost a really important one there. So yeah, hopefully people enjoy the video, a few montage photos from his career with Ipswich in England. Great stuff. So we're going to play out with that in a minute. Um, Joe, say goodbye. <laughs> See you later. Uh, Rich, say goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. And this is our tribute to Kevin Beatty, who died today, aged 64. Goodbye from me. Think of Maldini and think of a player quicker. Right. um, Stronger. (laughs) And three times as good in the air. The best player I've ever seen in the air. Right. <laughs> Honestly, you, you can't, you cannot compare him with anyone. He's, 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 he's incredible. And you know, when it, the, the thing is that he, he came into that Ipswich side, he was only, he was only 18. I mean, and played in that. It was a settled back four then. It was, was he a I big think, guy when he was 18. Still, he was six foot, I guess, but powerful, big legs, he's strong. You know, yeah. and probably, probably the strongest left foot. I mean, no, no, the best left foot is still probably for me is probably Murin, but the strongest left foot I've ever seen. Is he the greatest player you've ever, ever seen play in terms of opposition oh, well, players? Well, no, 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 that's a tough one, Ben. No, I'd have to, I'd have to think about that. It, it'd certainly be up there, but um, it'd be close, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'd have to think about, yeah, including opposition as well, bloody hell. Um, it'd be close, yeah. Incredible, but yeah, just hard for... Um, he would have won. I mean, you, you can't say he would, but, you know, thinking... He retired, so he retires at 28, so is he... He's, he's in his. He's not. He probably just about. Re, he probably reached his peak. Twenty-eight is the eighty-two World Cup finals. We have got to say, you know, if he if he stayed fit, um, you know, two more World Cups. Two yeah. more. <laughs> cliche. We'll never see the like again. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. 
Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.